Meet the Skywalkers by Frodogenic. Read by Sam Gabriel. Based on the works of George Lucas. Chapter 14 I have to admit it's a hell of a view. The executor's self-appointed shielding system and his father were lined up in front of the bridge viewport, observing the final minutes of the jump to Coruscant. The sight was uncommonly worth seeing. Against the ordinary splendor of hyperspace, twenty-five spiraling contrails of sheer white energy streamed like parade banners around the poor old lady. Trailing from the twenty-five hypertug ships of the 552nd Hyperspace Towing Squadron, augmented. New Republic Navy, Captain Saltus commanding, which had boosted her into light speed for one last voyage. Not that Piet had had much opportunity of appreciating the spectacle. No one had ever tried to hyper-tow a vessel even a quarter of the lady's size before. The number of things that could go wrong did not bear thinking on. So inevitably, when not debriefing with Captain Solchis or supervising engineers, or trying to stop Lord Vader from unilaterally revising the schematics for the towing anchors, Piet had been preoccupied thinking about every single one of them. The jump out of Ariadu had been, to put it mildly, nerve-wracking. A power flutter from Fusion 4 had come within a few amperes of blowing out the hypertug Veracity's tow beams mid-transition, which happy eventuality would have torn away from their apt starboard quarter and killed everybody aboard both ships in the process. He was not at all sure that they didn't have Vader and or Skywalker to thank for the fact that it hadn't shorted out. Not exactly the kind of fail-safe system designed to make him sleep soundly at night. But they'd had plenty of time in hyperspace to make repairs to Fusion 4. She was running smoothly now, according to everybody from the power plant tech droids, all the way up to Lord Vader. Veracity reported minimal damage from the flutter and had recalibrated her surge resistors, and Captain Solchus's entire squadron had performed detailed assessments on their own systems too. There shouldn't be any issues. Shouldn't be. He glanced up from his data pad, on which he was obsessively reviewing the hyperspace reversion protocols for the umpteenth time, lest some button pressed out of sequence obliterate his entire ship and spared Skywalker a brief smile. It wasn't every day an ex-rebel moon jockey gave the lady the appreciation she... I mean, Skywalker went on. She's no T-65, but... Ungainly rebel trash. Vader adjusted his belt, splendidly contemptuous. When you have piloted an X-1 interceptor, you will understand what a starfighter is. Oh, please. Ten kilos per square meter of atmospheric pressure and you might as well be flying a brick as anything that's got Sinar written on it. A Sith Lord and former second-in-command of the Galactic Empire on one hand, a Jedi Master who commanded the respect of Trillions on the other, but one mention of Starfighters and you couldn't have told them apart from a couple of younglings on speeder bikes. Piet readdressed himself disgustedly to his data pad, pausing only to fire a glare of reprimand into the comscan pit, which was within earshot of the viewport, and which was not, in his opinion, making enough of an effort to wipe the smirk off its collective face. That is because Sinar builds starfighters, not glorified atmospheric patrol speeders. Perhaps if Incom had been able to decide which type of vessel they were designing, it would not be so encumbered with unnecessary features. Skywalker snorted. Like what, shields on a hyperdrive? Like that astromech droid, which no pilot worth the fumes in his thruster should require in a dogfight. Well, I hear it's easy to look good when you never engage at odds worse than two to one in your favor. Not that I'd know. He kicked back against the viewport frame, feet and arms crossed in a decidedly Corellian attitude. We rebel scum prefer an actual challenge. 
I have won plenty of engagements against far superior numbers, young one. I assure you that- What do you mean by that smirk, Admiral? Piet hastily rearranged his face. Nothing, my lord. Merely enjoying the moment. He certainly wasn't about to mention the hollow clip the Solo Twins had shown him. You assure me that what? Exactly. Skywalker demanded, as ever the perfect Vader distracting device. That the superior maneuverability of the X-1 renders the T-65 sluggish by comparison. Its gyrational operating parameters exceed 700 meters per second on all axes. Skywalker raised an eyebrow. So that's what, nine or five rotations per second? Mechanically, that is possible, Vader said, but... Skywalker was already nodding. Not combat sustainable. He smirked. You blacked out trying, though, didn't you? Vader began prowling the length of the viewport, irritated once more by his offspring's imperishable impudence. He had to be irritated by it, Piet suspected, because the alternative would be to admit it entertained him, and that would be letting the rebels win. No. Unlike you, I possess a modicum of self-preservation. You're standing there in a full-body life-support suit with four prosthetic limbs and lecturing me about self-preservation. In the bowels of ComScan, Lieutenant Yara made a noise suggesting one of his lungs had turned inside out, and Ensign Schimmel, like a complete ozzel, snickered out loud. Luckily for them, Vader had bigger gooberfish to fry. As a frequent and willing passenger aboard that ongoing catastrophe Solo persists in calling a ship, yes, I consider your judgment lacking. You're not fooling anybody, Skywalker informed him. She's your kind of ship, and we all know it. Vader twisted, a cybernetic tornado of indignation. She is most certainly not my kind of ship. Of course she is. She's got big guns and she's fast. And while we're on the subject, she can pull 3.6 rotations per second on her forward x-axis. Pretty impressive for something that size. Vader eyed Skywalk with grudging admiration. 3.6. You have executed rolls at that speed. Skywalker grinned. Actually, I got her up to 3.7 for a few seconds one time over Salonia. Leia about blew a circuit, though. Why was that? The kids were riding along. He coughed. Might have knocked out one or two of them by accident. An odd wheeze came from Vader's vocabulator. As if he had started to laugh and caught himself the barest instant too late, Comscan sniggered. Piet fixated on his data pad, wondering if it was possible to sprain his lips. With his luck, probably. Then again, Skywalker said, elaborately thoughtful. She also flipped out when I rolled that trash hauler we hijacked on Tarun a year or two after Yavin, so maybe she's just not into spins. Sheer dismay put all thought of circumspection out of Piet's mind. Why in all the nine hells were you doing barrel rolls at a trash hauler? He immediately found himself on the business end of two enormously offended looks. In identical tones of what could be more obvious, they answered, To see, see if, if it could. could. A pilot, Vader added stentoriously, should always be familiarized with the full capabilities of whatever vehicle he is helming. Well, yes, said Skywalker, but the real reason is, it's fun. Piet hastily cleared his throat and nodded to placate the Mad Moon Jockeys. Fortunately, the only thing Mad Moon Jockeys liked as much as flying was arguing with other Mad Moon Jockeys. It is not fun, Vader boomed, pronouncing the contemptuous quotation marks with ease. It is the hallmark of a professional. You still aren't fooling anybody, Father. Come on, Admiral. You've never tried to pull a barrel roll with the lady? Certainly not, Piet recoiled. This is a dreadnought. So? 
Skywalker shot a considering glance down the lady's battered prow. I bet you could swing point two if you got the sublights good and hot. Piet paled. I hardly think Lord Vader would- The sublight drive could reasonably sustain a 22% power overage for a period of 30 seconds without serious risk of burnout, mused Vader. If we also overrode the safety margins on the starboard gyro thrusters, I would not be surprised to see her make point three. He wouldn't. Huh, said Skywalker. Almost in unison, they craned their heads toward the chrono on the bulkhead, counting down their ETA to Coruscant. Sweet angels of Yego, he would. Modicum of self-preservation, my afterburners. Sir, Piet tried, feeling faint. The artificial gravity compensators are not designed to accommodate such centripetal forces. Vader waved a hand in dismissal. The compensators can be temporarily deactivated for the maneuver. Can be? Can be? I yes, my lord. I suppose so, but, but, but with, with our whole integrity so uh, compromised by patches, I cannot advise that— He stopped dead. Skywalker had just reached up to place what looked like a thoughtful hand on his chin, except that twitch in his shoulder indicated that it was really there to hide a laugh. With a good gods, he was being had. Of all the insupportable twenty-eight years he'd put up with Vader's antics, and now this— no doubt sensing his sudden spike of aggression, Skywalker burst into a fit of silent snickering. Vader hooked his thumbs in his belt with unmistakable satisfaction. Two and a half months' exposure to his son, and the man was pulling pranks. Gods, he missed the good old days, when Vader's idea of a practical joke was to temporarily throttle you. And just think, Skywalker was the mature member of the family. What the hells could he look forward to once the Solo brats got their wicked little claws into him? Very amusing, sir, he seethed. I am merely enjoying the moment. Piet scowled at his data pad and wondered if it was too late to take Aaron Kraken up on that job offer. Well, he could check soon enough if all went well. They were closing in on the fifteen-minute mark. He pulled the pad up and proceeded to the helm station, where Venka had been immersed for hours now drilling on the reversion procedure with the senior lieutenants and the helmsmen. Captain, I trust all hands are at readiness. Aye, sir. All hands standing by. Venka climbed out of the pit and stepped up beside him, not without a glance towards Vader and Son, now staring unnervingly at one another in one of their voiceless conversations. In a low, tight voice, he added, Moment of truth, sir. Piet nodded his fingers behind his back. I've every confidence in you and our crew, Captain. Thank you, sir. Venka perched his lips into a thin, taut line, eyes on the spinning tunnel of hyperspace. Abruptly, he turns to face Piet fully. Sir, it's been an honor serving with you these past years. I shall never forget them. He stuck his hand out a little tentatively. Piet felt a sharp prickle in his eyes as he took it. It felt strangely like being back at the commencement ceremonies on Corita, shaking hands with the Commandant, stepping off the deck of one life to the boarding ramp of another. Nor I, Captain. He hoped the life they were about to embark on now wasn't the afterlife. The ship-wide intercom pinged, announcing an all-hands fleet transmission, and Piet braced himself for Captain Solchus's outer rim drawl, a far cry from the crisp core accent his Majesty's Navy had insisted on. Fidelity to Task Force Auric! All ships confirmed standby for real space reversion in fifteen minutes! Venka pressed the closest comm interface. Executor to Fidelity acknowledge! Other voices crackled in from the rest of the hypertanks, the near-casualty veracity, the fortitude the endurance, and all their score of sisters. 
He could hear the tension twanging from each of them, the tight-wound energy and laser focus of men about to attempt a great and unguaranteed feat. For a curious moment, the clock unraveled right back to Axela, that old tin can of a gunship he'd been first made on, making a sting jump into the system and trying to look enough like an inbound cargo ship to make the pirates who hid just inside the hyperlimit pounce on them. Pirates who might turn out to have bigger muscles and sharper teeth than they did. Admiral, Captain. Piet snapped back out of his little reverie. Skywalker had broken away from Vader and was offering his hands to each of them. I'm off to prep for takeoff. Piet frowned. You're sure you won't stay to watch the reversion? Skywalker shook his head. I've done enough as it is. Thank you for having me aboard. Venka actually muttered something of a grin. Better late than never, Skywalker. He winked, flipped the Machiki Alliance salute, and looked back over his shoulder. See you in the bay in 45, father? Vader, with nothing but his back, projected comprehensive skepticism. Presuming your twin fulfills her end of this ill-advised arrangement? She already did. Skywalker dug a data chip out of his pocket and tossed it, adding, Try being less cynical once in a blue moon. Vader made a slight gesture, turning. The chip landed in his hand and was immediately wagged at the offensive party who'd thrown it. That the universe habitually gravitates to the least favorable course of events is not my doing. Tatswing corollary, muttered Piet. Skywalker laughed. Exactly. Venka's brow wrinkled. Vader's respirator cycled once in fuming silence while he tried to interpret this exchange for himself. What is the tattooing corollary? No time, Skywalker said brightly. Gotta go. Lots to pack up. See you there. Piet needed the bridge of his nose as Skywalker strolled off the bridge of the lady, hands stuck in his pockets and only barely having the grace not to whistle as he went. Venka, whose survival instincts rivaled those of a cockroach on Doomsday, seized the opportunity to dive back into the cover of the helm station. Five, four, three, two, one. Explain. Piet sighed. A theory propounded by your doctor-in-law, sir, stating that any situation involving a Skywalker shall immediately escalate to the worst possible scenario, which shall then be resolved in the least probable fashion. Vader gave this a moment's consideration. An admirably succinct analysis. I couldn't see much room for argument myself, sir. Vader's helmet bent his way a little, the beckoning motion so familiar to him after all these years. Piet left Venka and the crew to their business. It was down to execution now. Admirals had no business getting underfoot, and fell in beside Lord Vader at the viewport, feeling suddenly and deeply glad for Skywalker's departure. No impossible sons, no bloody Borsk failures, no new republics, just him and his commander, and their ship and the mission, one last time. The shipwide intercom pinged, announcing an all-hands fleet transmission from Captain Solchus. Fidelity to Task Force Auric. All ships confirmed. Stand by for real space reversion in five minutes. Piet twisted his fingers together. He heard Venka's reply, sharp and tight as if they were about to enter battle. Executive to Fidelity, acknowledge. The acknowledgments cascaded in for the rest of the task force, and then soldiers again. Fidelity to Executive. Initiate prep sequence. All of the ships bring reversion dampeners to readiness level alpha. Venka acknowledged and began barking orders at top volume. Helm standby for heading 0122. Engine standby for sublight ignition. Power and life support standby for handoff. Shields. All units prepare for reversion turnover. Fidelity to executor. Power control handoff in 10, 9. Sublight engines on standby, Captain. Executor to Fidelity. Power control handoff complete. 
Shields of green, Captain! The orders and acknowledgments avalanched on, Piet mentally ticking each off against the mental hologram he'd built of the entire procedure, even though at this pace there'd be almost no chance of correcting a mistake in time. Fidelity to test course arc! Real space reversion in 60 seconds! Twenty-five years' worth of struggle, of near misses and tight scrapes, disasters avoided by hairs, miracles wrought on pure willpower. All seemed to be boiling in his throat at once, bringing the lady home, the thing they'd fought so hard to do for so long, the thing that had seemed so damned impossible. It just didn't seem that it could actually happen in just... Thirty seconds to real space reversion! Something would go wrong, something always went wrong. This will be a day long remembered, said Vader. Piet licked dry lips. I certainly hope so, sir. I know so. Fifteen seconds to real space reversion! Ten! Nine! Eight! Seven! Six! Five! Four! Three! Execute! Barked Fenka. A strange, disconcerting sensation swelled around him and in him, like the ship and his body had briefly reorganized themselves on a molecular level. The lights blacked out as Fidelity and the other twenty-four hypertongues routed every last spare watt from the ladies' power plants to the hypertractor anchors and inertial dampeners the engineers had spent that last week in a ride over preparing. The deck bucked under his feet with the vibration of the strained keel on superstructure. Emergency klaxons blared. Blue lightning spewed from the shields as light whipped, unraveled, congealed down into points, and stilled. Out of the void it blossomed, straight and true ahead, their northern star, Corazent and her trillion souls. The calm spoke into the dark, unmoving bridge. Fidelity to executor. Welcome home, gentlemen. There was a momentary silence, a huge breath held, and as the bridge lights flashed back on it released, a hundred men shouting like ten thousand. Hats soared out of the pits, men leaping out and embracing, and Piet found himself dragged into the chaos, his hand being pumped up and down by everybody from Captain Venka to Ensign Schimmel, while mouse droids went herring between their ankles and did their damnness to break everybody's necks. Over the intercom echoed the cheers and whoops of the tugboat crews, for all they were a bunch of rebel scum, and out beyond the viewport he even saw a New Republic warship fire off a triple broadside of torpedo blanks, the same greeting the Imperial Navy would have given a flagship on her return home. At the viewport, Vader continued silent and alone. Stations! Piet had to repeat about fifty times, even while blinking back a shameful dampness in his eyes. Stations, gentlemen! We're not done yet! Captain Venka, I'll thank you to get these miscreants in order! Venka tried, but his heart clearly wasn't in it. Nor, though he blustered mightily, as appearances must be kept up, was Piet's. It took fully ten minutes to rein the crew, on the bridge and all over the ship, back into some semblance of order and get the sublights up for the final push. As things settled, Piet drew up once more to the solitary figure at the viewport. I apologize, sir, he said. I'm afraid the moment got the better of us. There is no need to apologize, Admiral. His voice was very distant and a little uncertain. Had the moment gotten the better of him, too? A month or two ago, Piet would have never believed it. Surreptitiously, he mopped the corner of the eye opposite Vader, trying to look as though he'd merely gotten a bit of dust in it. The chatter of voices began rising behind them into a fast, busy pitch, calls incoming, movements being coordinated. Piet shifted and cleared his throat. Well, I suppose we're not quite finished yet. Indeed. 
There is much to be done if we are to be prepared for our guests. Yes, sir, I shall see to... I beg your pardon, what guests? The Chief of State and her entourage. Oh, no, 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 no. I thought... That is, my lord, it was my understanding that we were due to meet the New Republic's delegation in Galactic City. We will. She is making a preliminary visit of a more private nature. Piet put one hand on the transparent steel to steady himself while he kneaded his forehead. By preliminary visit of a private nature, sir, am I to understand that this ship is about to be infested with juvenile solos? That is correct, Amaral. A pause. Also one juvenile Skywalker. God's damn it all, Piet muttered. Vader glared. I mean, it shall be my greatest pleasure to have them aboard, sir. Indeed it will. His superior swept off in a swirl of silk-trimmed armor weave, leaving Piet to massage the lingering headache out of his temples and figure out how to baby-proof nineteen kilometers of warship in half an hour. Criffing Skywalkers. The text of this story can be found on AO3 and fanfiction.net. The music is Guitar Blooms by Sylvester Weaver. Special thanks to Sakiko. For more stories that I've read, visit my website at samgabrielvo.com. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.